Dynamite, NXT, SmackDown, and the season premiere of Raw. The best week in wrestling ever was so crazy that I'm not even mad that a troll said I look like a guy who still believes wrestling is real. It's the Double Turn Podcast. Boss Ross is across from me. Episode 76. And we're starting in 3, 2, 1. Boss Ross, roll the intro music, baby. Right. I hate trolls. They're the epitome of my loathness, Roswell. It's the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. You know it's a special damn show when J-Man is doing the intro. What is up? How are you all? Roswell, take over because I've got nothing else. You confiscated the mic from me, clearly. What's going on, everybody? He uh, he already did the intro for us on this show. It doesn't happen very often, but, uh, you know, Don Jorge over here. Hey, the, the J-Man, it's his birthday coming up, so, you know. Might Fresh as well, off a birthday celebration last night. Might as, well, might as well throw him a bone every once in a while, right? Thank so, you for that. I appreciate it. Yes, indeed. So, today's show, this, of course, we are recording it on a Sunday. This will drop on a Monday. It's actually Hell in a Cell pay-per-view day, in which we will be reviewing on Tuesday, which is our new, uh, which is the new day of our shows. New. Day rocks in this case <laughs> for Tuesday. Except we don't want it. To, we just didn't want it to change. But yes. Well, right. I mean, we are we are changing with the schedule, which is the topic of our show today. It's going to be a little different of a show today. We don't do a lot of these, but we do enjoy them when we have the opportunity to do them. We may end up actually having to do well. Next week is sort of structured. We'll get to next week's show later and what we're uh, what we're actually going to preview. Of course, it'll be Hell in a Cell, amongst other things. We'll get to that in a minute. This past week, as uh, as the J-Man did say, was quite frankly one of the craziest weeks we've seen in WWE, or at least it was propped up to be that way. Of course, we had Professional the, wrestling, period. Well, Professional right. wrestling history, period. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, you had, of course, the WWE with their uh, season premiere of Raw this week. They just chose to have it this week because of everything else. Yeah, they called it premiere week for everything. Yes. NXT having their full two hours on USA. Friday night SmackDown on Fox debuting. And of course, AEW Dynamite on TNT. So today's show is going to be an open forum where we kind of discuss a little bit of everything. Uh, I know in some of our older episodes, which you can check out on Spotify and iTunes and Stitcher and Radio Public and Google Plus, or uh, it's Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Yeah. I always want to say Google Plus, Google Podcasts. Uh, and of course, you can also check us out on our Instagram page, the Double Turn Podcast on Instagram. One and only J Man nineteen, Ross the Real Boss eighty five, and then on Twitter, you can check me out at Boss Ross TDT. I said it before this show at our last show. I was not going to be able to live tweet for this pay per view. That makes two in a row, and I apologize. I will get back on the horse for the next major one because Saudi Arabia is not a pay per view; it's a glorified house show. So I will not be live tweeting because I'll be working. Right. Just saying. So, open forum this week. I had to make sure I got all of our plugs in while we were here. So our open forum this week is essentially just Jorge and I talking about this awesome week for wrestling fans. How it started, how it ended, the ins and outs of what happened. There were a lot of enormous things that happened this week. Huge. On, on, both, on both companies' fronts, World Wrestling Entertainment and All Elite Wrestling. It was crazy this week. It's true. Yeah. And so, 
The sad part is, literally, Hell in a Cell was the last thing anybody was thinking of, and Actually, it's happening true. right now. That's not true. The last thing everyone, anybody was thinking of was Total Divas. The second to last thing that anybody was thinking of was Hell in a Cell. <sighs> Total Divas is not a wrestling show. They, For those of you that watch it, it, congratulations. They included it as part of their premiere week. They said premiere week was the season premiere of Raw on USA, the season premiere of NXT on USA, the season premiere of SmackDown on Fox, Hell in a Cell, and then Total Divas' season premiere on E. Was this also the same company that during a premiere week was uh, touting the big show's appearances on weird shows on USA? Maybe his movie Knucklehead. I'm, I'm going to assume that yes. It's yes, the same it was actually. So uh, so they don't know how to premiere themselves at all. They just throw stuff together and hope we care, which most of us do and still shell out money every month. Right. Well, I almost shelled out money to go to Raw in Phoenix. and You did. Yeah. And I would have gone with you, although uh, it's okay, because I will tell you right now, other than a few things on Raw, Not- it was kind of the same show. Yeah, basically. Now- that's kind of a nice launching off point. I know we're I know AEW Dynamite and NXT and SmackDown are like what people want to hear about. I understand that. And Raw was almost a week ago. Right. But we had a new set. Mm-hmm. I still made the joke that Joey Janela on his skateboard should have come out on that set. That would have been awesome. <laughs> of course he's signed by AEW. So, Raw got a new set. Of course, WWE is bringing back Pyro. It made um, such a huge difference. It does. Golly. It absolutely does. And by the way, for those of you that don't know. Actually, the set right now for Hell in a Cell doesn't look too bad. Well, and that's old school. Well, and that's the other thing is that they're, they used to not do, I'm sorry, they used to do very specialized sets for Mm pay-per-views. And after a while, they, because of all their LED digital boards, they just put everything together and just got away with it. So maybe they'll go back to that. Um, But when it comes to Raw this week. Like I said, it felt like just another edition of Monday Night Raw, again, with a few differences. We had a new announce team this week. I am giving it a chance. Uh I said I was going to give it a chance. Jerry Lawler is a very welcome addition. He was awesome on Monday. He was. Um, Vic Joseph and Dio Madden seemed a little nervous. That does not mean they were bad. So I will give them a chance to get, plus when you have a guy that's been in this business and done color commentary for as long as he's done like Jerry Lawler, that can only help them right. as long as they kind of keep that in. By the way, really quickly, sure. I don't mean to interrupt, I just want to let you know, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, Hell in a Cell match is opening this show. That just, actually does not surprise me surprise at me all. Either, which means that Bray and uh, and Seth Rollins is going to main event. Which, which should main event anyway. It, it, it's a great balance. You put the, one of the hottest feuds on Raw to open the show, and you put the Universal title to end the show. Makes Pl- sense. Plus also you're putting a cage match at the beginning and a cage match at the end. Yeah, exactly. Balances it out. Perfect. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt. Carry on. I just want to no, give you the heads up. No, you're we're absolutely gonna, fine. I like, might be giving, we're, we're obviously going to be giving a little bit of live updates since we can't give the live updates via our Instagram pages, and via live tweeting this evening because we won't be doing it tonight. We figured we'd go ahead and just kind of throw in the snippets of importance from the pay-per-view as we care as we do the show. Carry to- on, Ross. Totally fine. Again, like I said, this is an open forum. Uh, we already gave out our socials when it comes to uh, tweeting at us and doing all that stuff. Jorge uh, does a wonderful job on our Instagram page. I've, I've, I've basically just given the reins to you. Not that I don't have input, um, but I've kind of just let you take control of that side of things and yeah. you've done a really good job with Appreciate it so it, please send us likes uh send us uh, send us retweets send us whatever mm-hmm. um also i really want to prep our uh, prep up i really want to prop up i was gonna wait till smackdown but i might as well do it now the j-man actually did a co-live stream 
with one of our other fellow podcasters out there. Kenny, for your thoughts, uh, had the J-Man, Don Jorge, as he wants to be called. I will not call you that. I'm only being nice because it's your birthday week or close enough. The point is that uh, he was on a Kenny for your thoughts uh, doing the live stream of the debut episode of SmackDown on Fox. That's cool. Uh, that was part of the intro where a troll said he looked like the guy that thought the wrestling looked real. That's hilarious. You just have to let you just have to let trolls have water off your back like a duck, man. It's all it's all good. So uh, I wanted to let you know and let the listeners know that you did a wonderful job. You repped the buddy. show very well. Uh, again, a Kenny for your thoughts. Uh, he's on a bunch of different stuff. Of course, he's on Instagram. Yeah. He he has his own podcast. He's got a YouTube channel. Yep. So I want to make sure I properly rep him and thank him for having the show. Yeah. Even though it was not both of us, the J-Man did call me and said, hey, we have an opportunity. Can you do this? I was like, well, uh, I'm at work and you can do this live. So do it and rep the show. Uh, so where can people actually find that? Uh, if they want to go watch it and check you out. Yeah, man. So if you want to go ahead and watch it, uh, go to YouTube. Look up A Kenny For Your Thoughts podcast. Um, his YouTube channel has like about 688 subscribers. So please, first of all, subscribe to his channel because he's he posts up um, all of his podcasts in visual platform as well. And he's doing a great job, him and his co-host Brandon. So shout out to them. And thank you so much for allowing me to do it, Kenny. Um And so, yeah, go ahead and go on to YouTube right now. Kid, you know, this is the mind-blowing thing about it. And listen. I know that this is a very, very small platform, and I'm trying not to make a big deal about this, but I'm going to do just like Kenny was saying because um, you sometimes you, you, you get too humble and you forget sometimes you're achieving something that's actually really bitching. The video stream, which was two hours long because we went the full two hours for SmackDown, currently has 3,900 views. I would like to clarify that his AEW Dynamite live stream has only 1,600, which, by the way, it's a crap ton, but it's got 3,900 views, like, and I was able to be a part of that. Like, that's that's really cool to me. And apparently, also, uh, he didn't even notify his Twitter followers and his Instagram followers until as he was doing it, and he still got Amassed those amount that of views many for views. that. So. I'm, so respect to Kenny, respect to his hustle. The dude's got like 10,500 followers on Instagram, and he does a great job on his, on his Instagram as well. He's right. really slaying the game. So uh, if you like our podcast, please go check his out. Yeah. If you like his podcast and you're just visiting us for the first time, check us out. Check us out. We've got We've a 70, got... This is now going to be the 76th episode in our library, so we're, yes. we're doing our best to go ahead and try to put churn out the content out there and whatnot. And we'll we're also going to try and do more collaborations with uh, with some other groups. Maybe uh, maybe a Kenny for your thoughts will have us on again. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Um, and then uh, I'm going to make it my mission to make sure we have a channel to at least put our audio up on YouTube. I need to find a way to actually you know, make that happen uh, and do that. So maybe I will need to take the lead on that or uh, in some cases. But that is a plan. I'm telling you it's a plan, so I'm going to try and make that work. Fair enough. So uh, video may come later, but I want to make sure that that's another platform because YouTube does have a whole extra thing that they do. I think we so. were talking about this last night. Um, YouTube is currently the highest rated type of listening platform for for audio podcasts these days. It's not even Spotify or iTunes or Google Podcasts or anything like that. It's YouTube because so many people are putting their their the videos of their podcasts and that's where they're basically getting the the majority of their listenership you've got people getting 10 15 20,000 views on their podcast videos that's insanity to me 
20,000 people listening to you is crazy. Anyways, the whole point of this was the fact that uh, Kenny For Your Thoughts had me on, and I am incredibly grateful for the platform. I am incredibly grateful for the opportunity. So thank you again, Kenny. I really, really appreciate it. By the way, the funny thing about this, and again, we'll get into SmackDown in a little bit, but the fact that his stream was going out of whack because, hear this, 3.9 million viewers were watching SmackDown on Friday night. Yes, they were. Shout out to WWE. And you can say, oh, it had to do with The Rock. Oh, it had to do with the quote-unquote legends. Let me tell you something. The first hour amassed 3.9 million viewers. The second hour amassed 3.8. So they only lost 100,000 people in that second hour. And if you ask me, that is nothing. That is, that's not even a tenth. It's not even, it might be a one hundredth of, of the entirety of their majority of people watching them last night. So shout out to World Wrestling Entertainment. It was their highest rated episode of the year by far. And congratulations. Congratulations. We'll get into SmackDown. Let's just talk about Raw. We were talking about Vic Joseph. We were talking about Dio Man. And we, we were talking about King. You're, you're right. First of all, I loved having the King back. I was, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? I was happily surprised at the good job that Dio Madden and Vic Joseph did together on Monday Night Raw. Again, to me, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone when I say this, I want to say they sounded nervous. Okay. Because that's, that's the fair. biggest state. Now, that's not saying Vic Joseph hasn't done play-by-play, but he's not done play-by-play for Monday Night for Raw. Monday Night Raw in a big spot like that. Yeah. So, all things considered, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It's going to either grow on me or I'm going to grow to loathe it. Either way, I'm giving it a chance. Fair enough. I thought Dio Madden and King showed a surprising amount of chemistry between one another. Which, again, Jerry Lawler has always been one of their better complementary pieces when it comes to an announced team. Yeah. He's always been that way. Right. Um, Of course, he's changed his style over the years, which is fine. Um, And, of course, uh, when he was in his wheelhouse with JR for a while, I mean, they had, obviously, great chemistry for a long time. They That was the flagship team for Raw for a long time. That was the flagship team for anybody in professional sports. That's true. Period. That's true. That's right. I said professional sports, not professional wrestling, pro sports. Name me another booth in any sport besides John Madden and Al Michaels that's better than Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross. I'll, I'll fight you on that. Any day. And guess what? I know you don't like Michael Cole, but Michael Cole and Taz is kind of close right behind him. So, we saw AJ and Cedric fight for like the millionth time. What it feels like the millionth time. Right. Really, it's only been like maybe like four times. I know. Yeah. But it's one. Of, okay, for instance, it's a bad comparison, but I use it to fit my to fit my point. Yeah. Everybody complained that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns fought forever. They fought four times. Braun, Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar have fought more. Yes. Yeah. Correct. But everybody was sick of Roman and Brock mm. for so long. Which is supr- which is so weird. It's probably because it's probably because they happened at WrestleManias. Maybe, but at the same time, like how how can you get mad when their WrestleMania 31 match was an f- absolute classic? Well, I mean that is and that you, is that is their best match, and it is one of the best finishes to a WrestleMania of all time. Right, right. But but here's the thing: I have to state the fact that it was a classic. It was a classic before Seth Rollins ran down with the briefcase, sure, Ross. Sure, that's what I'm referring to. So but, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I mean, we had that match, and we had the whole 
because because Hogan and Flair cut their promo this week for the Saudi show. Yeah. Right. Which I'll I will backtrack here in just a second. Mm-hmm. But we had Rollins come out on the Hogan team. Uh-huh. Right. And then Rusev comes out, but then he goes to the back afterwards and is like, I want to challenge you for the title. Right. And then Flair's team has, uh, what is it, Orton and Corbin? Okay. Which Orton and Corbin had a nice laugh when the whole Lana thing happened, which that happened at the end of the show also. With uh, Bobby Lashley coming back, and he and Lana are now an item. That was after Rusev had a no contest match with Seth Rollins. Which, again, was very bizarre that, oh, yeah, we're going to be representing Team Hogan, but, oh, yeah, we have to have a title match tonight against Seth Rollins. It was just very haphazard to me. Look, I get it. Like, people want to get behind Rusev because he's kind of one of those guys that he's been there, they push him, then they don't push him, then they push him, then they don't push him, and now maybe they want to push him again. Right. Maybe they don't. Or they're going to do another storyline with Lana, which is which is essentially where they're going because it's going to be Rusev and Lashley. But it's <sighs> Raw felt like they had six hours of stuff to do and they crammed it into a three-hour show. And yet... There still wasn't much that they did. I know. And one thing, and uh, maybe I'm being a homebody, maybe I'm being biased for our city, but what really frustrates me is as two people who went to the Royal Rumble and two people who went to the Raw after the Royal Rumble, which happened in Phoenix as well, Mm -hmm. the Phoenix crowd on Monday night was live. Like, I mean, they were hyped up, right? L.A. was hyped up on Friday. Like, don't get me wrong. They were. But Phoenix was hyped up. And I hate it when a professional wrestling company can't take advantage of the energy that is being immersed throughout the building. Because I feel like when they go ahead and then put out a crappy segment or a crappy match, it sucks the energy out of the arena. And I feel like they almost did that on a multitude of occasions on Monday night in Phoenix. Okay, so I said I was going to get to it. I'm now going to get to it. Okay, go ahead. For the life of me, okay? Now, I preface this with, you know that I have slightly turned the corner on The Miz. I'd say you more than slightly have. I think think you've become a, not a Miz fan, but definitely an appreciator of The Miz. Why on earth do they insist on pairing The Miz and Ric Flair together? Why? The Miz is never going to be Ric Flair. Stop. Okay. Miz TV, there were there were there were years of Miz TV where it was change the channel segment. Mm-hmm. Years. And then there were a few segments that were okay and a few segments that I got by. It was not must see TV. It was channel changing. So you could have done that entire segment of Flair and Hogan. Not even had the Miz involved. So I preface that because I want to actually get in because to me, like that was that was probably the biggest highlight of that show was that segment. Would you agree? I mean, yes, there were there were good matches here and there. I just I just mentioned Hi- a couple highlight of, them. of that show. It was I, definitely it was it definitely was high up there. I don't think it was about. the biggest one though. I don't think it was the biggest. Okay, so one. what I was, the, the, what was the biggest the opening, moment of Raw? The opening of Monday Night Raw was probably the biggest talking point of the entire show. Brock Lesnar beating the holy smokes out of Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Okay, well that also played into what happened on Friday, which we'll get to. But, but 
It was very odd seeing Brock Lesnar on Raw since he was going to be on SmackDown that right. week. Right, and they announced it previously at the from you know, but I kind of, I kind of viewed it as a not non necessary thing. Now, if I'm a person who was at Talking Stick Arena, Talking Stick Resort Arena on Monday, I'd have been like. Oh, I'm totally paying the price of admission to go ahead and see Brock Lesnar because he's Brock Lesnar. However, from a storyline point of view, if he's going to be in the main event match for a WWE Championship opportunity on Friday in Los Angeles on a completely different program, why they they amped up Friday Night SmackDown so much that they did not. It's like you always say. Like you've been saying for the last couple of weeks, Mauro Ronaldo is bigger than NXT. You don't need Mauro Ronaldo amping up NXT every week because you feel that he's bigger than that. You yes. don't need Brock Lesnar to come in onto Monday Night Raw to amp up Friday Night SmackDown when it's already amping enough, amping itself up, up enough. Excuse me. The fact that it's on Fox, the fact that it's already SmackDown, it's already a big deal enough. You know, you didn't need Brock Lesnar to come in here just so he can go ahead and you could take his aura and then be able to present the fact that, oh, he's got a WWE title match with Kofi Kingston on Friday. Okay. Tune in. So, I promise I will get to Flair and Hogan again, but I do want to go on this aside because we were supposed to have a Rey Mysterio-Seth Rollins universal title match that did not happen because Brock Lesnar attacked Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Right. Now, as a person that went into that match going, okay, why are we seeing a universal title match six days before? I don't need to see a title match where I know Rey Mysterio is going to lose anyway. Talking to a guy who is actually looking forward to that title match, the fact that you called that a highlight of the show confuses me. Let me reiterate this. Maybe, maybe no, no, because I, I see. And by what the you way, mean. I'm not putting you on blast. I'm simply stating that from a guy that said I don't need to see a title match six days before where I know somebody's going to win to a guy that wanted to see that match. Right. That's that's where the difference comes in. L- let me explain. When I say a highlight of that show, it's the fact that no, no, I'm serious. Uh, you, you laugh, and I and I totally get it. But I, from a journalistic point of view, allow me, even though I'm not a journalist. <laughs> Uh, you're more of a journalist than I am, to be honest with you. Um, what I mean by that is when you say a highlight, I mean, it's like, okay, that's the thing that they focused on the most. It was the biggest thing that happened on the entire show. Brock Lesnar comes in, beats the holy hell out of Rey Mysterio, who is supposed to be the quote-unquote number one contender to the Universal title, and he beats up his son while his son is sitting ringside. So that's a huge highlight. In no way, shape, or form does that take away from the fact that I was thoroughly heated at the fact that I didn't get the match that I wanted to see. And yes, Ross, I understand. You go ahead and make the claim all you want, dude. Mysterio was going to lose. I'm fully aware of that because there was no way in hell that we were going to see Rey Mysterio be the Universal Champion on just a random season premiere of Monday Night Raw when Seth Rollins has a huge title defense against the Fiend Bray Wyatt at Hell in a Cell in six days. I get that. In no way, shape, or form does that should that take away from the fact that Rey Mysterio is one of the greatest wrestlers, professional wrestlers of all time. He is the greatest Lucha Libre star we have ever seen in pro wrestling, period. And I have to state that because, God rest his soul, may Eddie Guerrero rest in peace, but Eddie Guerrero only did it till the age of 38. Rey Mysterio has been wrestling at a, not a quality level, but an extremely high level at the age of 44. Now, if Eddie were still alive and he'd be doing this at the age of 47, 48, I'd be like, it's Eddie. But no, because of where we're at and because of the circumstances surrounding us, it's Rey Mysterio. So I just need to go ahead and put that in hindsight for everybody who's listening to this podcast. That being said, 
I was thoroughly upset that we didn't get Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins on Monday night. Because you take the guy who is the face of your company at the moment alongside his fiance and alongside Roman and, and, and Kofi, right? Um, was. Um, and then you take one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I don't care what the result will be. I just want to see the match. Because these two are super athletically inclined. They're going to pull out moves out of their ass. I mean... How many times am I going to tell you? And I know that you that you say it's been a long time and you have to rewatch it to consider it great for this upcoming year. But look at Andrade and look at it versus Rey Mysterio in January of this year. Look at the quality that Rey Mysterio was able to go ahead and put on with Andrade. I love Andrade, but I'm also not dumb. Seth Rollins is currently better than Andrade. So you take Seth Rollins and you put him up with Rey Mysterio. What do you think is going to happen then? That's why I was so thoroughly upset that Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins got taken away from me on Monday night. Okay, if they would have literally moved the match to this week, instead of six days before a pay-per-view, shoehorning in a universal title match before a pay-per-view that nobody's really paying attention to. No, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I don't care. I'm just as upset with you, not with you, as you were, that WWE decided to give it to us on the season. Listen, I know the reason why they wanted to give you Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. I also don't need to see Rey Mysterio in a world title match ever again. That's fine. You always say that about Triple H, and I know that it's not anything personal against them. It's because they're old, and you want to go ahead and see the new guys flourish. I get that. That's fine. No, no, you make a great point. Again, new guy versus an old school guy. It's the new guy versus the old guard. I always like to see it come to fruition in some capacity. You're right. That match should not have happened on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw if it was going to happen. But you and I both know that WWE is not stupid. They were trying to go ahead and amp up those ratings as much as they could because they knew All Elite Wrestling was premiering in two days. And they were like, how do we get people talking about our company besides the fact that SmackDown is going on even with AEW premiering their television show? Oh, I know. Let's have a universal title match where we make people think something could happen six days prior to this crazy pay-per-view that we're about to have. I get it. It's just when you when you have a show where there's inherently going to be booking for not only Hell in a Cell, but then also booking later in the week for your other shows and booking for Saudi Arabia. That it's, pissed me off the fact that they it's were a cluster book- show. Yeah, that 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 did irritate. Like, I love the fact that Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair were on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. That's fine. Which we're getting to right now. Which we're about to get, let's just get into okay. it. But why? Oh, why did you feel the need to have to book the match? For a different pay-per-view when you are on the go-home show to this one. Why isn't your focus... Well, that should tell you everything you need to know because they added five matches to this card today. Day of. Right. We are recording this on Sunday, October the 6th. We're watching Hell in a Cell right now. Ross just told me five matches got added while the kickoff show was happening. That's not when they got added. They got added throughout the day. But I found out about that and I'm pretty in tune with what's going on with WWE. That's bullshiggity if you ask me. So, Flair and Hogan come out to cut a promo about a show that's going to make them a buku amount of money. Yep. That is their next big event after this pay-per-view, which I've argued they should have moved Hell in a Cell to two weeks from now. Yeah. But they didn't, and that's and they cornered themselves into that. So, because they do this every time when they book multiple shows at a time, the fact that you had a segment, because, okay, on this pay-per-view, right, I didn't know that Corbin was wrestling tonight until today. He's the king of the ring. So Corbin being booked for a show in Saudi, okay, that makes sense. 
why on earth are you announcing Seth Rollins on Team Hogan six days before his pay-per-view, where he may not even be the champion? Right. Why not do that next week? But at the same time, would I rather see Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan be Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan for, what was it, a 10-minute segment, 15-minute segment? If that, yeah. Okay. Let's just say it was 10. If it was 15, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If it was a 10-minute segment, would I rather watch Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan be Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan for 10 minutes, or would I rather see another boring, useless match on Monday Night Raw as a time filler? That's fine. No, I totally respect that. I I actually enjoyed it. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. Let me tell you something, brother. Woo! Doesn't get old. Now, the amount of woos and Hogan and, and Hogan chants that were happening in Phoenix on Monday was extreme. Now, I know I've been hard on the fact that there are times where I've said that nostalgia shows are the old guys sprinkling in with the current product when it should be the current product sprinkling in with nostalgia. That's what I've always said. Yeah. So to me, Monday Night Raw, you had a segment that's propping up your show that clearly you care more about than Hell in a Cell. Which is fine because I don't like most theme pay-per-views anyway. In fact, outside of Survivor Series, Money in the Bank, and the Royal Rumble, I don't want any themed pay-per-views. That includes Chamber. I don't want a themed pay-per-view where I have to have a Chamber every year Mm -hmm. or Hell in a Cell match every year. I don't want it. So, personally, because, again, we... I did our preview and prediction show by no fault of your own. It's just I was here and we just decided to do one. I previewed three matches. So why should I care about this pay-per-view? At least I got to see Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan be Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan for 10 minutes. Exactly. So that was raw to me. Mm-hmm. That was raw in general. Raw it was, was just a show. Let me tell you something. I mean, I hate saying this because I don't, you know me, I try to be the most positive dude it's in, true. in the room. Like, And, and it's not saying, it's not you know, me trying to be like, oh, I'm super positive, yeah. But at the same time, I'm going to call it like it is. Raw was by far the worst show of the week. Of the four major show, excuse me, of the four major shows that occurred this week, the best week in wrestling period ever, of NXT, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite, Monday Night Raw was by far the, the weakest of the four. And it shouldn't have been that way. To me, if I, I was, to me, if it's your season premiere, Raw should have come out guns a-blazing, pyrotechnic galore, and it should have been the fact that I ranked Monday Night Raw just as strong as NXT. We all knew SmackDown was going to be like this huge spectacle, which it ended up massively being. But that shouldn't take away from the fact that Monday Night Raw wasn't going to show up, and guess what, dude? It fell flat to me. It did. There was nothing. Like, Rusev and, 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 and Rollins, it was okay. It's okay, and why, oh why, am I seeing Bobby Lashley almost get a boner from making out with Lana? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... Hey, Lana's a good-looking woman. I'm not saying she's not, but I'm just saying, but I will say this. If you're making out with a good-looking woman like Lana, do not wear Speedos. Like, that is a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. Hey, at least it was believable. Which, which, by the way, some people, when they do that type of stuff, even in movies, oh, yeah. it doesn't look believable. No, I, absolutely. So at I, least I, it looked believable. Th- this is true. They, they, we, there's some of us, not Ross and I, but there's some of us that are really trying to figure out whether or not there's actual marital issues between C.J. Perry and, I can't remember Rusev's real name. Which, because, that's good acting. Which, which is great acting, because you look at Lana's Instagram. 
Lana has no pictures of Rusev over the last three weeks. Yep. She went ahead and posted an Instagram story on Friday or on Saturday saying that she moved to Los Angeles and she bought a brand new house by herself talking about how, like, how little kid CJ Perry had always dreamed about living in L.A. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hold up. You and Rusev live in Tennessee. What the heck is going on? For those of you who don't know, Rusev is actually a huge Nashville Predators fan in the NHL. True story. And hold on. We have to say this. Uh, did you say this on Thursday's show? Shout out to Rusev. Happy becoming a United States citizen. True story. Like just This is great stuff. Congratulations, my dude. This is great stuff. And I'm proud to be an American. Okay. Where at least you know you're free. Damn right. All right. So I want to tackle this next part of this. Again, it's an open forum. It's kind of how we're talking about this thing. But yeah. um, I want to be fair. By the way, Sasha's throwing in chairs like crazy right now. This match is still ongoing for those of you. They're giving it a lot of time, as well, they should. Yeah, it's one because, of the two main events. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to give a match 20 minutes, you might as well give that in the main event at least 20 minutes. Absolutely. Hey, maybe we'll have a no contest in the main event again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out because I've been kidding. kind of. Please I've been, don't. I've been kind of like you know. I've been peeking back and forth, obviously, um, between us doing the show and watching the show and watching the watching Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. It seems to be better. Than Charlotte and Sasha in 2016 seems to be. I'm gonna have to really pay attention to it. I actually really it. didn't like that match. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. Actually, in fact, I'm pretty sure I said I hated that match because well, it yeah. ended so abruptly and it was just it was just all over the place. Can I, be, can I just say something really quickly? Charlotte Flair has a problem with tables. <laughs> I don't oh. know what it is. Like she she and Bailey had a house show match like not too long ago. And Charlotte tried to put Bailey through this table three separate times. That table refused to break. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is it with Charlotte and tables? Like, you know, she's the greatest women's wrestler of all time, but what is it with Charlotte you know, and tables? The horsemen were never big table people. Oh, wow. Beck exploded from the top rope into all the chairs. That's big. That sounds like it would be painful for it, Becky. Yeah. Because she probably landed on them, too. Probably, and she's got her in the disarmor right now, and then now Sasha is trying to grab her by the hair, and she tapped out. What? Okay, all right. So apparently Becky Lynch retains her Raw Women's Championship. Shocked. So am I. We both said Sasha Banks was So Sasha Banks comes back and loses to Becky twice. Why is she back? And why so she can go to Becky, SmackDown in why a week? Is it, why isn't Becky going to SmackDown? She's not. I know. Well. And by the way, I heard what you said. Trying to go ahead and use my logic against me. Damn you and the fact that you can't think for yourself, Roswell. That's not true at all. I know. All I was saying I was that You make if, a good point. You made a good point. I completely forgot about that because mm-hmm. I picked Seth Rollins to win. I'm like, why would I pick him to win if I think that him and Becky are going to go on the same show together? If that's my argument. That's always been my argument. I'm sorry. You're right. One of the few times you'll actually hear me say, Ross, you are right. You should say that more often. Shut up. <laughs> I am I am pretty right. Okay, so here's so here's how I want to be fair kidding, because yeah. although we could spend an hour just talking about these two shows before we even get to SmackDown. Right. I feel like we need to kind of do a compare and contrast between NXT and AEW. I think that's fair. Because I will tell you right now, they have even admitted this. They were counter-programming each other on NXT, that night. NXT was counter-programming all elite wrestling. That's what Correct. I'm saying. Yes. So, uh, let's see here. Which show actually started first? Dynamite. Did. Okay. I think it was like an hour. I think so. It went, um, the only thing, maybe, yeah. the only thing that Dynamite had advertised 
the best of my knowledge. They had two. They advertised. They advertised the six man tag. Correct. Which they had announced Jericho's partners before. I thought they were going to save it till the show. Me they too. just announced it was going to be uh, Santana and Ortiz beforehand. Right. That a little bit surprised me. Thought they were just going to save it, make it be the big reveal. I, but I guess probably because they already had them come out. See, that's the thing. I would not have had them come out at the last show and have them be a total surprise for this show. That would have been better, in my opinion. That's fair. DC would have marked out. So there was that show. There was the women's title match and uh, Cody versus Guevara. Correct. Okay. So AEW said they were going to start their show with wrestling. Yes. They said they were going to do this, so everybody kind of knew it was going to be Cody versus Sammy Guevara. And they were going to and they were going to be given time. Right. Because they they didn't want to start the show with a promo. If I'm not mistaken, that show not only that excuse me, that match not only opened Dynamite, that match went 20 minutes without a commercial break. Uh, that match was only given 12 minutes. That was a 12-minute match? It felt like a 20-minute match, didn't it? Sure did. Yes. But okay, fine. A 12-minute match, mm-hmm. no commercial interruption. Correct. That's pretty rad. And, again, when you have a 12-minute match that feels like it goes 20 minutes, but that's not a bad thing because it didn't, you know, it didn't drag, it's a pretty strong opening match for AEW Dynamite. Sure is. Between Cody and Sammy Guevara in which Cody beat him, and then we had all the shenanigans of the handshake and then Chris Jericho attacking Cody because apparently Cody's facing Jericho at the next pay-per-view. We knew this, yeah. Yes. Right. But I'm just saying that there are some people, if that was your first watching of AEW at all, because there are those people, because they hadn't watched any of the shows, any of the pay-per-views. Yep. They hadn't watched any of it. So as your debut show... You're like, oh, I guess Cody and Chris Jericho are feuding with each other. So that was made very evident right off the bat. So, by the way, um, and and we saw this later in the night, too. If you don't think Chris Jericho's a big flipping deal. You're wrong. Um, You definitely found out that he's probably the biggest star in wrestling not named The Rock who was there for a night. Name me a bigger star in wrestling right now than Chris Jericho. I'm going to not say bigger star than Chris Jericho. I'm going to say on the same level as Chris Jericho. Okay. I'm going to be honest. This is the way that it's perceived, and this is the crowd reactions dictating it, Ross. So don't get upset. But legitimately, it is Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch has essentially become the the face of World Wrestling Entertainment, and she is basically, as of right now, the biggest superstar in the company. Tragedy. Full-time. Chris Jericho was an absolute G beating up Cody. Yes, the American Nightmare, By the way, Cody. I, I would like to let you know, Roman versus Daniel Bryan is coming up next. Versus- you mean Roman and Daniel Bryan versus Roe. Win and that. Harper. That's what I was about to say. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's a tornado tag team match. I would like to clarify that. They just made that uh, announcement now. Meaning that all four men can attack each other all at the same time. There's no tags. Which totally bodes well to both of our predictions. Yes. Yeah. Carry Cause, on. Because I expect there to be a 20-minute match where Daniel Bryan beats up his friends and then randomly turns on Roman Reigns. So, NXT said, all right, you're going to start with wrestling. We're going to start with an NXT title match. Boom. And mind you, that as great as the Cody and Guevara match was for it being uninterrupted for 12 minutes and it feeling like a 20-minute match and a nice change of pace for a wrestling show. Right. 
That was a damn good NXT title match to open NXT, their first two-hour, full two-hour show on USA this week. However, I will tell you, and I complain about this every time, they're called finishing moves for a reason. I don't need people kicking out of 15 of them. That's true. That, that, that is true. Other than that... The NXT title match was, was a barn burner. It sure was. It actually was. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I will say this. Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle was better than Gargano and Cole in Toronto. Sue me. That's fine. I'm, I, I don't care what people say. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually believe most people will agree with me on that, on that. It's not better than the first two Cole and Gargano matches, but it damn sure was better than, than Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're so right. If I'm not mistaken, Adam Cole hit not one but two Panama Sunrises, which pisses me off because I actually – who who tweeted this? I can't remember who tweeted it, but they somebody said, since when are we using Canadian destroyers like if it was a hip toss? Well, also remember that the Canadian, the Canadian destroyer, the Panama Sunrise, and the Code Red are three different moves. Three different you. Three different moves that are essentially the exact same move. Similar, yes. Yeah. Cause it's like it's like people saying, "What's a, what's a, what's a move that's?" It's like saying, "The power bomb, the um, razor's, razor's edge, edge, and the last ride, and the last ride are three different moves." They are. They're it's three, three different, different variations of a move. But they're three different moves. Bull. Anyways, he's do you think right. The, do you think the power bomb and the jackknife power bomb are the same move? They're not. Okay, that's fair because you've got Kevin Nash hitting the jackknife and you've got like John Cena hitting a powerbomb. That's two different human beings. I get that. But okay, hear me out. But just hear me out then. <laughs> so you've got a guy like, um, was it Pentagon or was it uh, Phoenix? Phoenix that hit the, the Canadian Destroyer on Matt Jackson at All Out. Thought that was Pentagon. So the Pen- but I could so, be wrong. So you've got Pentagon, right? Okay. You've got Rey Mysterio. Okay. And you've got Adam Cole. Okay. They all, with the exception of Adam Cole, they basically, though, all wrestle the exact same style. High-flying, high-octane, fast pace. And they're, for the most part, a similar size. Adam Cole is shockingly the bigger of the three. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's Just because that's not... Rey Mysterio is as short as me. I see what your point is, all and, and the fact that once... Especially WWE, but wrestling in general, they get on these kicks where like everybody everybody has to do the same. It bothers me that everybody hits a super kick. We've discussed this at length. It bothers me that Seth Rollins and Finn Balor both do Sling Blade. That annoys me. Yeah. It annoys me that Seth Rollins and Bobby Roode both do the blockbuster. That annoys me. The Canadian Destroyer and Panama Sunrise and Code Red. Who 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 uses Code Red? There's a lot of people that use code red. So. Oh, okay, cool. So mm-hmm. t- that's a thing. That, let me clarify this. It should not be a signature move. That is a finisher. That's a pile driver with momentum. How? How? I just is that a signature move? I just hate that Adam Cole can't win with his move where he puts your neck on his knee. That's not a finishing move, apparently. I know. Well, he hit he hit a second one. Though. I know, but he didn't finish the match until he kicked him in the back of his head. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. And then Matt Riddle can't go ahead and beat you when he basically knees you straight in the nose? He Now, I realize that we've kind of gotten EVA'd off track here. Yeah. The point is, 
It was a good match. It was a great match. It was a great match. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I it was a nice counter to what AEW did. Yeah. I'm just mad at the fact that the Canadian Destroyer slash Panama Sunrise is not being used as a finisher. That is a finisher. Well, then, Damn it. Well, then, well, then, well, then stop using it so haphazardly in matches. Scarlett Bordeaux is using it as a finisher. It is what it is. Shout out to Scarlett Bordeaux. All right. I so hope she, gets, she gets signed by NXT. Um. AEW had five matches. NXT did six. They had five. AEW had five matches. Because okay, so it was Cody and Guevara. It was the women's match. It was hold the main on. event. Hold on. I was gonna say MJF versus whoever it was. Brandon Cutler, and then we had Pack and Page. Oh, that's, that's right, Pack and Page. I forgot about Pack okay, and Page. Okay, so Ooh, that's terrible that I would. Forget if that about was that. the first time you have ever seen MJF, you got a taste of essentially the. It's actually the best way I can say this. If you combine all of the good things about The Miz and put him in EC3's body. That's a good way to put it. That's MJF. That's a good way to put it. Except MJF can cut a better promo. MJF is over. I would agree. EC3 is currently not. So if that was your first taste of MJF, that guy has star written on him. Oh, he sure does. He, He, He was great. He was. I really liked him. He was. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to Pack and Page because it was a match we were supposed to see. Yeah. And we finally got. Uh-huh. We'll get to it. NXT countered with uh, a match I didn't need to see, but they're doing what they have to do. Io Shirai and Mia Yim. I don't know why they think Mia Yim is still like good enough to be in the conversation for maybe getting a title shot. I'm going to be honest with you. I saw everything I needed to see in her Baszler match. I'll be completely honest with you. I think that Bianca Belair is better than Mia Yim. I think they probably agree with you. Yeah. In fact, I know they agree with I you. I know they agree with me. Do you agree with me? Because I know you're not the, you're not, on, I'm not, on, let me clarify this. I am not on the Bianca Belair uh, bandwagon. I think, I'm on the Montez Ford bandwagon. I know but I'm you not are. A, Dude, the man has, he's got frog legs. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, that frog splash is ridiculous. That's that's fine. I don't care really for the street profits, but I do want all the smoke. So, <laughs> Bianca Belair, if she's going to take the next step, right. she's got to get better at ring psychology. Because her, her matches are, I use my athleticism and I hit you with my hair. That's, that's literally every match. Now, but I realize that some people it. can get away with that. Uh-huh. But for me, if she's going to take the next step, she's got to get better at ring psychology. Considering the fact that Shayna Baszler is so great in, in, at her ring psychology, and so is Io Shirai, I agree. Right, which is why this match was basically showcasing Io Shirai, which I've seen, which I didn't need to see a showcase match for her because she is, is ready for a the, spot at the top. Yeah, as soon as Shayna Baszler, as soon as Shayna Baszler I, loses, Io Shirai can face the baby face who that is. Yeah. Right, because they already did the feud with Babyface Io Shirai, and she lost. Okay. Because, so. So then let me go ahead and ask you this, because, so Io Shirai, Mia Yim, I got your thoughts on it. I really didn't care for it either. Right. However, we had an NXT women's title match, and we had the inaugural AEW women's title match, which was uh, Rio versus Nyla Rose. Yes, so that is, so, so that is a good launching point Yeah. Uh, to, to another comparison. I was... Simply just comparing. No, no, what no. They I, I, I get that. It's so, just I, I do want to do this comparison because I thought both matches, okay. in particular, were very strong. So actually, I'll just ask because I have a feeling we're going to differ on this. Which did you think was the better match? 
Because I will tell you right now, uh-huh. for me... I, I actually have an answer. Okay. For me, Rio and Nyla Rose was the better match. You just read my mind. I was I was this close to, Shayna, to saying Shayna versus Candice. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't want to see... Shayna and and Candice LeRae have another match. Oh, in they fact, totally I, need to. I definitely think they do. Yes, I don't think I need to see Riho and Nyla Rose again for a while, I'm even though it was that. the better match. I'm fine with that because it was completely different styles in that match, and, and there were times where bigger... it was, and there were times where it looked a bit clumsy. Yeah, I feel like Nyla Rose needs a little bit more work. Well, and again, it's hard when you're. I mean. This is no offense to her, but Rio looks like she weighs 95 pounds. But look at Shayna and how she's been able to go ahead and handle. Look at Shane. Look at how Shayna was able to go ahead and handle Candace. I know. And Candace is not a big woman. Candace is small. And you know how much I love Shayna Baszler. Yeah. But as a match, I thought once they figured out the cobwebs, I actually thought Rio and Nyla Rose had a better match. I think so too. I think that I think personally one of the biggest things that Nyla and um, Rio uh, afforded that was not afforded to um, Shayna and Candice was to me, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, I have a feeling I'm not though, I feel like Nyla and Rio got more time. Uh, Rio and Nyla Rose were given almost 14 minutes. And what was Candice and uh, Shayna? They were given almost 15 minutes. Really? Correct. It just goes to show, just like you always say, that just because it's a 13-minute match, if it's good enough, it'll make it feel like it's longer. And and it shouldn't. I shouldn't say that because I'm not saying Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae was a bad match. On the contrary, it was very, very strong. But maybe it was just the atmosphere of 14,000 strong in D.C. Mm-hmm. and it being the first ever Dynamite and it being the inaugural women's title. Right. It was a much bigger, big fight feel Definitely. than Candice LeRae and Shayna Baszler. So maybe that's where my that's where my things is is at. Maybe that's where it is. Definitely. Uh, we had Gargano in a showcase match against Shane Thorne. It was fine. Gargano being on NXT television is what's best for, what's, is what's best for business. Yes. Yeah. Now, we will get to the main events in a second, but I will tell you, for very different reasons, I loved Pete Dunne and Danny Burch. Yeah. And I loved Pac versus Hangman Page for Can two I, completely different reasons. That's fair. By the way, we talked about the opening title match for NXT this mm-hmm. week. We didn't even mention the fact that Finn Balor came back. I know. But I'm sure that we're going to discuss it when we discuss Ciampa. Carry on. It's another person that came back. We'll get to them in a moment. I have thoughts. So, Dunn and Birch proved that you can have a seven-minute brawl punching fest that was absolutely adored. I love these men. Can you do they love f- these men. Can they, can they please just, just fight people and have it be important every week? I say this about Lorcan and Birch every week. They're amazing. Pete Dunn's still one of my favorites. I enjoyed it. It went seven minutes. I was never bored. Because they're awesome. Pack and Page is the feud I never thought I wanted to last six months, and now I do. That's fine. That match ended with a ref stoppage. Okay. Now, I, I will tell you, okay, you can do no contests and ref stoppages and other weird finishes when they're done correctly. When you have a ref stoppage in which Pac looks like he's about to just, I don't know, rip Hangman Page's face off, this is good. (laughs) 
This is showcasing a guy who, by the way, was just in a world title feud with your world champion, Chris Jericho, against another guy that you're basically saying to the world, oh yeah, we're unleashing him for the talent that he is. So yes, if you're asking me what I thought the best match on the AEW show was, it was that match. Love those two men. Let me just fully comprehend this for a moment because this is this is where I am right now. Pack, aka Neville. Not only did he go over on Kenny Omega at All Out, clean, clean, like cleaner than my floors were last night. Shout out to my wife for doing such a great job with everything. And then he goes over on the guy. That was in the inaugural AEW World Title match within a month. Tell me, tell me that Neville's not the second big. Okay, actually, I'm gonna be careful with this because even though Chris Jericho is the biggest heel in the promotion, I mean, he's Chris Jericho, so automatically the his reactions are getting face reactions because he's Chris Jericho. But I'm gonna be completely honest with you, Ross. Neville, excuse me, Pack. Let me say this pack. After those two wins, is the biggest heel in AEW. Period. Bar none. Like I don't care that AE that that Chris Jericho is the is the is the world champion heel right now. So if you were to pick he, somebody, he, he is he is the boss, right? He's like the, the what uh, Bowser is to Super Mario. If you were to pick one person to beat Chris Jericho, that's a babyface on that roster. Who would you pick? Would you pick Cody? No. Would you pick Kenny Omega? No. I'm picking Mox. All right. So well, actually, hold no, on. no. Okay, yeah. Okay. He's, he's still a baby face to me. Even though he's probably a heel. Okay, fine. Then I guess I suppose it would be Kenny Omega, yes. Okay. So if you do Kenny Omega, right. you would think you would have Moxley and Omega for the AEW world title. You would think, yes. Okay. Or you could do Another match, you could say that Omega beats Moxley, yeah, and then Pac beats Omega for the title. That's not surprising to me at all. That'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be amazing. So, I just mentioned that we just had a ref stoppage match that was awesome, and yeah. we had a seven-minute brawl that was awesome, right. and that's why I love wrestling. Right. Because I can appreciate a Cody-Sammy Guevara match, and I can appreciate an NXT title, title match, match where I was upset that they were kicking out of a million finishers, but I can still appreciate it. And I can separate it out with these two other matches that are just matches on cards that I thoroughly enjoyed. And we're not even at the main events yet. Yeah. Which then we got to the main events, which I will tell you with a straight face, I thought for sure that people were going to say, oh, well, yes, it's a tag team title match to be the to to close the show of NXT instead of the world title match because they wanted to. They wanted to have the NXT title. I keep calling it the NXT World Title. The NXT title opened the show. It did not close the show. Whereas if it was if it was almost any other week, they probably would have closed the show with it. True. So I'm That's thinking to myself all over the world. I'm thinking to myself, okay, we have a tag match uh -huh. and a six man tag uh -huh. on their debut show. I would have figured the six man tag would have dwarfed the main event on NXT. And mind as you much as I'm not a fan of the Street Profits. They put together a hell of a match against Undisputed Era, didn't they? They did, but let me let's let's be fair here because I do. I, 
I don't love the Street Profits. Let me clarify this. Ross makes it seem like I adore the Street Profits. You do. It's okay. You have your you have your red solo cup over there. No, J. Dean Williams does. J. Ah. Dean Williams, Josiah Williams. Shout out to Josiah Williams, who has officially become a backstage interviewer in NXT. That's awesome for him. Um, I don't love the Street Profits, but I'm gonna give them their due. I mean, the guys are great. Dawkins and and Ford, they can go in the ring. However, tell me who has not had incredible chemistry with the Undisputed Era. Every single time that Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, or if it's Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, or if it's Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, or Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, the era. Mm -hmm. Tell me a match that they haven't stolen the show at as a tag team. Tell me a match that they have not that has not stolen the show. Every time that they opened an NXT takeover with an NXT tag team title match mm-hmm. that involved the Undisputed Era, it always set an unprecedented bar. It always has. Why should this be no different? Undisputed Era has ridiculous chemistry with the War Raiders. They had hella good chemistry with Heavy, heavy Machinery. They had incredible chemistry with Lurkin and Birch. They have had incredible chemistry with the Street Profits. The um, help me out. Um, Jackson Riker and the gang. That would be the uh, Forgotten Sons. The Forgotten Sons. I forgot mm-hmm. their names. That, that well, they sense. are the Forgotten Sons. They are right? the mm-hmm. No, but they also had incredible chemistry. You see, oh, and and um, and Alistair Black and Ricochet. Sure. My point is that is as much chemistry. Uh, excuse me. As much credit you, that you would like to go ahead and give to the Street Profits, the credit really needs to go to the Undisputed Era. It really does. I mean, they just know how to put on a fantastic, not a good, but a fantastic tag team match every single time, Ross. It's true. It just doesn't, it doesn't end. Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz faced the elite in the main event of the inaugural AEW Dynamite show on TNT. I did admit that the elite are finally good. I'm glad you finally come around to actually enjoying the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. It's not that I don't enjoy them. I just feel like people prop them up so much. It's like they're not. Well, they are awesome. They, uh, yeah, they're okay. They're good. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're solid. They're, they are. They're good. They're good. I'm, 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 I'm being a little bit of a, of a B right now, but I'm willing to admit it. Let's put it this way, okay? If you have never seen these guys wrestle on Ring of Honor, New Japan, anything, Right. If this was literally the first experience you have with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, I guarantee you, you walked away impressed. Oh, yeah. Now, that match, that six-man tag, was only given 12 and a half minutes, mm-hmm. whereas the main event of NXT, the tag match for the tag team titles, was given 20 minutes. Roman Reigns just speared Eric Rowan through a table. Wow. That spot never gets old. Carry on. It's true. Much like Braun Strowman throwing a chair at Roman Reigns never gets old. True. Now, uh, one thing I want to mention before we get into the surprises, which we kind of already talked about one of them, but I will tell you. What did you think of the announced team on AEW? Loved it. It was Jim Ross, good old JR, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. Loved it. They may be my new favorite announcing team. Whoa! Now... I didn't actually think you'd admit that. I'm sorry. You caught me off guard. Carry on. I will say to you, there are players on different shows that I love. I love Corey Graves. You do. I love Mauro Ronaldo. You love Tom Phillips. I love Tom Phillips. You love Vic Joseph. (laughs) 
I wouldn't say love Vic Joseph. You're coming around to Vic Tom Joseph. Tom Phillips grew on me, and then and then I finally addressed him as a guy that I enjoy doing play-by-play or color commentary. Either way, fair enough. Uh, love. You love Nigel McGuinness. I love Nigel McGuinness. Surprisingly, I love Aiden English. Yes, you'd have admitted that on several occasions. Yes. Yeah. So, and again, there are bits and pieces of these people that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. As a crew, they are the best announced team in wrestling right now. After one show, Ross? After one show. Now, I'm biased. Jim Ross is one of, if not the best wrestling play-by-play guy ever. He is. Okay. He is the greatest now, of all time. I'm also a WCW fan. I used to love Tony Schiavone on WCW. He's in a color role right now. But it suits him. And it's, it suits him, and he and JR have good chemistry. Yes. Here was the other thing. We would, I'd like to clarify, for those of you who have not watched AEW Dynamite, you probably should, uh, Jim Ross was not the play-by-play on Wednesday night. That's true, it he was, wasn't. It was Excalibur. Yes. He was play-by-play. Excuse me. Yeah. You are correct. It was Excalibur. But then, then you throw in Excalibur, who I was actually very impressed with. Yeah, I know, because you didn't necessarily, you didn't really think of him that much when you went ahead and watched it all out. You were like, eh, I liked him. Like, There's something about Excalibur. I don't know if it's the fact that he can... Uh, I gotta be careful with one how I you know no screw it you know what I'm the J man I say what I want on this damn show it's true it's the fact that he's Latino and it, it, it's not the fact that he's Latino let me take that back but <laughs> it's the fact that his he does pronunciations correctly in for for Spanish words right that is something that I truly truly come to appreciate because I want to hear it said correctly mm-hmm. so like for example if I'm hearing Michael Cole who I love you don't but I do. If I hear him say Andrade, it it, it annoys me a little bit because it's Andrade. L- listen to Zelina Vega, it's Andrade. I'm sure Charlotte Flair can say Andrade. I'm sure she can say a lot more things. My point is, okay. I, there's something about that that I like. So when I heard him call Ortiz and Santana being at, at All Out, I was like, oh, man. It's just, it sounds so good to me. Okay, so are you the guy that's like, it should be pronounced Rey Mysterio? No, 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 no. I've never liked it be Rey Mysterio. Like, it, that sounds weird. But wouldn't that be the correct pronunciation? It is, but be, it is. But when Rey calls himself Rey Mysterio? Okay. I, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, no, I get that. It, first of all, Mysterio is just, it's a weird word to me. Like, I get it. It's a mystery. I just use that as an example. Yeah, no, but so. it, it, it's just the other, other pronunciations and... The most important thing was the fact that he had a spectacular chemistry with Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. They were awesome. They were awesome together. You're they are, right. They are my favorite announcing team now as a whole. Yeah. And that's saying something because I, because I, until Wednesday, would have told you that probably 205 Live had the best group. Which, by the way, I have no idea who their announce team is now. So I would like to tell you, uh, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan have defeated Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. What a waste. This is what happens when you only have three predictions on a show. And so far, we're both 0 for 2. <laughs> and so Daniel Bryan is trying to get up because he got the snot beaten out of him by Luke Harper. I'm sorry to be ruining this for you. But at the same time, it's fine. We were going to do this live commentary on Instagram anyway. So it's you're just getting out on a podcast. You're going to get it a, a day later. So I'm trying to go ahead and figure out what is going on here. I don't know if Daniel Bryan and, and Roman Reigns are about to shake hands again. 
Daniel Bryan is doing his best to try and stand up because he, he again, he took a power bomb off the top rope from Luke Harper. By the way, shout out to Luke Harper. The man is incredible for his size. He may be on his way out, by the way. Like, actually, legitimately? He has basically all but said, uh, if WWE allows me to leave my contract, I'm gone. Okay, fair enough. That's so, pretty much where he's at again, which, which, by the way, he was basically there six months ago. True. They just wouldn't let him out of his contract. Right. So. I have a feeling unless something drastically changes, as soon as his contract is up, he is gone. So Daniel Bryan has extended his hand. Roman Reigns. Ah, and he took his hand back. Nope, 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 <laughs> is what he's saying. With his finger. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to go ahead. Oh, he's probably going to get some yes chance. Yep. He's raising his hands. Oh, now he's trying to, he's trying to hug it out with Roman Reigns, Ross. That's wow. funny to me. That's funny. Okay, so we're getting some yes chants from Sacramento right now. I'm sorry. It's live commentary. I apologize. All but right. So carry on. We are both over two on the pay per view with one match to go, which means it comes down to the main event. I'm either really going to take. I'm either going to take a two point lead, or we're going to be tied, which was going to happen anyway. Yeah. And the hug has occurred. We have gotten a hug from Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. They are lifting their hands together, and we got a. Point from Roman, and now a handshake, a handshake. So Daniel Bryan is a babyface again. And I'm not loved by World Wrestling Entertainment. All right, so returns for NXT and for AEW, or debuts. So let's first briefly talk about NXT. We had Finn Balor come back, who basically cut the almost exact same promo that Johnny Gargano cut, which is... I'm back in NXT. Finn Balor is NXT. That was his exact promise. Yeah. What I'm saying is that Gargano was basically like, uh, nobody knows about my future. Well, I'm staying right here in NXT. It was the same promo. That's all I'm saying. So, again, this goes back to my theory that this is a third brand, and we are going to see guys start wrestling regularly on NXT television that have been on the main shows. So, I have a feeling Finn Balor is going to be on NXT for a year. Yep. Which is awesome because they have so much talent and all this extra time to do all these shows. I'm totally fine with you sending guys to NXT because it's not a developmental. It is a third brand. Start treating it that way. Especially considering the fact that that's what's going to quote unquote war with all elite wrestling on Wednesday nights. Correct. So you might as well get some stars in there too. And by the way, I'm pretty sure nobody's going to have a problem with Finn Balor beating adam cole if it happens just wrestling him period whether or not he beats him is a whole different story well, that's what yes. i'm saying yeah that's what i'm saying now they could have some missteps and put people on nxt that nobody wants seeing beat some of those guys but True. it's a third brand and you've got to kind of meander your way through that True. so we then had to me the biggest return bigger than any of the debuts to me i was floored big bad tommy c is back I love it. I'm I love it. Shocked. So here's the love thing. It. By the way, we didn't even mention uh Jack Swagger, aka I was getting there. Jake Hagen or Hager? It's Hager. Hager. I was getting there. Yeah, I'm sorry. But that's the thing. So I that's a big debut. That's a big signing for all elite wrestling. That's a huge signing for all elite wrestling. Yes. And for him to go ahead and debut and the in the end of the main event, and by the way, basically Chris Jericho has a faction now. It's him, the Boricuas, which are Santana, Santana and Ortiz. Um Sammy Guevara, apparently, and Jake Hager, like that's a pretty good squad, if you ask me. That's a that's a legit squad. Like I'll, I'm do- I'm down with that. 
Big bad Tommy C. Tommaso Ciampa. He's being, back. Okay. Let's let's talk about Tommaso Ciampa for a second. He 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 relinquishes the NXT title in March because of a potential career-ending neck injury that he was supposed to be gone not for nine months, not for a year. He was supposed to be gone for up to 15 months, ladies and gentlemen. True story. 15 months. Tommaso Ciampa showed up in NXT on October 2nd, 2019. Let me do some math, Roswell. Seven months. He basically pulled a John Cena. He basically pulled a Triple H and John Cena. Yes. Well, I only yeah. use John Cena as that example because nobody expected him to come out at 30 this for that true. rumble. Like, no one. Nobody. And then Triple H, when he tore his quad in 01, that was a career-threatening injury. Triple H wasn't supposed to be... Co- the Triple difference H- is yeah. that they advertised him coming back. Yeah. And they did a whole thing with him coming back on that show. And then they propped him up at the rumble. Nobody thought Cena was going to be at the Rumble. Nobody thought Cena was going to make WrestleMania or that SummerSlam. Nobody thought that was going to happen. That pectoral, that pectoral muscle was was torn off the bone, and he showed up. So Tommaso Ciampa being back in NXT, yes, coming back for Goldie, is easily the biggest moment in NXT this year. And it's not even close. Not even Adam Cole or Johnny Gargano winning their respective titles. Um, it's unbelievable. Like this is <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa left as the biggest villain in all of pro wrestling in March. Today, Tommaso Ciampa is easily the biggest babyface in the entire world. It's not, e- in your words, it's not even close. Tommaso Ciampa, biggest babyface in pro wrestling right now, period. Now, AEW, they did have Jake Hager come out. I'm sorry, Jack Hager. Wait. Jake Hager. Jake Hager, sorry. AKA Jack Swagger. I believe his actual real name is Jake Hager. It is. Yeah, okay. By the way, he's still signed with Bellator. I'd like to clarify. It's it's very. Okay. I'm going to say something. It's going to come off as weird, but just follow me. All right. Jack Swagger looked enormous in his street clothes he did i've never seen him look that big in his wrestling gear and he's always been the same guy true by the way uh randy orton versus ali on and on the added Hallam match Soul. because added of, match. Uh, because of course we're adding six matches to the card the day of it's like a smackdown but it's on the network carry on unbelievable yeah so basically uh ali is going to be on uh team hogan great why not That would be kind of interesting. Well, he's not going to be on Orton's team. No, I know he's And if not. they're having this feud, they might as well just put him on that team. I know. I was just trying to go ahead and think of whether or not Ali would show up in Saudi. Don't know. Because I know Ali's Muslim, but don't I don't know. know. Anyway, Maybe. sorry. I didn't mean to go ahead and go on that no, thought no, process. Per- no, That's- because they've done feuds before right before Saudi Arabia and tried to set up matches, and then guys were like, no, I'm not going. Right. Brian, then, Cena, yeah. I could list. Uh, of course, it Zayn and sense. Owens can't go. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just curious. I think Ali would go to Saudi. I mean, I'm assuming they're they're pro Muslim out there. Carry on, sir. All right. To Jack, wrap up Hager. this part of it, yeah. Because those were the re- actually. Am I missing any returns for AEW debuts? Uh, anything? Nope. Okay. So that was that was the that was the thing there. Yeah. Now, I know what the ratings say. Uh huh. 
I know what certain people on the internet have said. I've heard what other podcasters have said. Of the two shows, which did you think was better? NXT. And see, I will tell you AEW to me was the better show. Right. And I'd like to clarify, it's not the fact that NXT blew AEW Dynamite out of the water. On the contrary, it did not. But I felt that the NXT title match was too good to ignore. I felt that Finn Balor being back was too good to ignore. I felt that Tommaso Ciampa being back was too big to ignore. I felt that the tag team title match was better than their main event. Um, Basically, if you were to ask me what the only thing on AEW's side was better than NXT was just two things compared to everything else being on NXT side. The women's match was better on AEW, and the commentary team was better on AEW. Other than that, NXT basically, as an overall episode, was better. Fair enough. And I will tell you that uh, opening the show with the match that was paced appropriately right. and having the angle afterwards, having a match end in a ref stoppage where it's totally believable, right. having a six-man tag with the slum afterwards and ending with the big brawl and you have your big faction, you mm-hmm. cut the big promos and you have the big debut, mm-hmm. you have a very good women's title match, mm-hmm. And as a show where they weren't trying to go over the top, where they were simply saying, this is our product, this is how we're showcasing ourselves, to me, I felt like NXT was trying too hard. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just, to me, it felt like, well, AEW is going to put on this type of show, so we have to try and do as much as we can. Right. When you literally could have spaced out some of the stuff they did, over multiple shows that's the only criticism i will have on nxt is they just said yep we're gonna put three works worth three weeks worth of shows into one show because we have to try and do more okay and that's the way it felt to me that's fair i think that's a fair criticism let me let's end the discussion on nxt and all elite wrestling dynamite on this and then we'll move on to friday night smackdown, friday night SmackDown. which was crazy in its own right absolutely nuts um do you remember a few months ago you and I were discussing potentially NXT having its first ever and um elimination chamber match, Ross? Yes. I don't know if they're gonna do it, but War Games is right around the corner. I think that the way that they should book this year's War Games match might be a multitude of contenders contending for the NXT title. Because of the fact that you have Tommaso Ciampa come back. Finn Balor is now back. Johnny Gargano is still a fixture of NXT programming. You obviously have Adam Cole as your NXT champion, and then you decide to go ahead and put in somebody like either... It can be a multitude of people. You can either put Dream, you can put Riddle, you can put... Oh, uh, um, uh, my God. Uh, Sanity. Um, why am I, you just had a match with Matt Riddle last week. God. Killian Dane. Killian Dane, thank you. You can put Killian Dane. It's amazing. The guy with the best memory forgets names. Go on. Sorry. Um, you know, you put Killian Dane or Pete Dunn or somebody, and you could make that into a multi-man NXT title match at War Games. Now, personally, I would want to see an Elimination Chamber match happening in NXT, but because War Games is what's coming up, they're not going to put an Elimination Chamber match at War Games. Mm-hmm. So just make the... Because obviously we've seen them now do War Games two separate ways. They've had... Had it start with three people and then add in the two others and two others, which they did at the inaugural War NXT War Games. And then last year, all four members of Undisputed Era and then um, the other Ricochet, team. Dunn, mm-hmm. and the War Raiders. Right. Or, they were the, no, they were the War Raiders. 
They are yes. Viking Raiders now. Correct. Um, they all started the match against one another, all eight of them. So what you could do this year is make it a multi-man match for the NXT title. Have Because here's the thing. Adam Cole is the perfect type of champion, of heel champion, that would be, as you like to call him, the chicken heel mm-hmm. that could be able to go ahead and swivel his way into a victory. Could be. And not to mention you've got Roderick Strong and the boys hanging in the background ready to help out at whatever, at whatever time frame. I'm just saying I think WWE should consider that if they're not already considering. Given the fact that Balor is here. So here's the thing. Balor showed up to confront Cole. Tommaso Ciampa showed up to confront Cole. What bigger thing can you do besides a triple threat between those three? Make it into a War Games multi-man NXT title match or giving us an elimination chamber match between those guys? Just think about it, everybody. It's got money imprinted all over it. All right, Friday Night Smackdown. This was uh, probably, yes, I will say this with a straight face. This was the most hyped show, not named WrestleMania, that WWE has done all year. Yeah. Okay. You could actually make the case this was on par with WrestleMania. Well, that's that's how I'm saying WrestleMania yeah. because it's a, it's it's uh, it's on the same scale of the fact that it's such a global event. It is there. They it, treated it as such. They were in Hollywood. Yes. They, they were in L.A. They had a blue carpet instead of a red carpet. But I'm just saying yeah. that I'm guessing, well, actually, I'm not guessing. I know more people watched WrestleMania. Well, yeah. So. Of course. That's why I'm saying other than WrestleMania, it's yeah. probably the most hyped up show that they've done. Easily. So, expectations were very high. Uh-huh. They had a new set. They did Pyro. They have the Raw announced team. Not all the announced team. Okay. But which, it's which, still Corey Graves and the other two. Renee Young wasn't anywhere on SmackDown, though. But that's supposed to be the announced team. I don't think that's going to be the case because I'm watching Hell in a Cell right now. Michael Cole and Corey Graves are on commentary. So you're saying that going forward, I, they didn't take the raw announced team? Even no, though they I'm said saying, they were taking the raw announced team. I'm saying team. that Renee Young's going to be a fixture of SmackDown, just not on the commentary booth. That's what I'm saying. So she might be like an analyst, um, and she'll be like a fixture of wherever they go with SmackDown, but she's not going to be on the commentary. Well, I've said before, she needs to be Mean Gene Okerlund and not a color commentator. I've said this uh, like at at least a million times. Yeah. So, all right. The point is- She was was in LA. The point is, I watched SmackDown and and immediately was like, why am I watching Raw? Because it was Michael Cole. Because Fox decided that they had to have Michael Cole as their play-by-play guy instead of Mauro Ranallo. You don't know that. It could have been Vince's call saying, I need Michael Cole to be the one that's calling Fox on SmackDown on Fox. It was a Fox call. I guarantee it. Okay. So, we started off the debut show on Fox with Becky Lynch. Okay. A person who I just told you I think is just as big of a star in professional wrestling today. So she comes out, cuts her promo, whatever, blah, blah, blah. King Corbin comes out. Things got interesting. And then The Rock showed up. Okay. For those of you that don't think Baron Corbin's a big deal, uh, you don't get to be in a promo spot with The Rock if you're not a big deal. Right. So Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin, automatic winners. Okay. So now I understand that I'm in the minority when I say things like this. And that's fine. That's totally fine. I don't care what the majority thinks. It's fine. I don't care. I hated that segment. 
I hated it. Okay, first of all, let me tell you this right now. People that watch SmackDown to see The Rock and not anything else, I hate fans like that. <laughs> it's true. Okay. It's true. No, I, no, love the, I love The Rock. It's the first time he's been on WWE TV in, what, three years? Okay, I love The Rock. He cuts great promos. He is The Rock. He made a funny joke about King Corbin's outfit. That was great. Okay, because he's a heel, and Corbin can take that because he can roll with it because he's an actual proper heel. I know there was there was a moment there that look Corbin was was trying to hold back the laughter. Yes, yeah, and shout out to Corbin because he did it. I I don't say this very often about Baron Corbin, and he, and and you know that I love Baron Corbin. I do. Mm-hmm. Baron Corbin. Let me let me say this again. Baron Corbin was outstanding on Friday. His yes, performance was. in that segment was. Without question, worthy of him being in that segment. Okay. I've said this multiple times. I feel like I need to bring this up again because it happened on this show. I do not need to see intergender wrestling ever again. I don't need to see women beating up men or men beating up women. I don't need to see it. So as soon as The Rock and Becky Lynch beat up Baron Corbin, I immediately gave up on the segment. Because if the roles were reversed and Baron Corbin came out and opened the show and Becky Lynch came out to interrupt him and The Rock and Baron Corbin beat up Becky Lynch, we wouldn't be having this discussion. We wouldn't. I am not giving it a pass that Becky Lynch gets to beat up men, but then Baron Corbin performs one wrestling move during a match in which they have said that this may happen after Baron Corbin gets caned with Singapore canes or kendo sticks. I will not accept it. I hate what Impact is doing with Tessa Blanchard, that she's only wrestling men. It's dumb. I don't need to see it. And if you're going to do it, do not complain when the men beat up the women back. To, can that I, segment sucked. I get that. Can I just say one thing to you? Because I I think I've said this, and I don't know if it's being taken the right way or not. I was totally okay with Baron Corbin hitting end of days on Becky Lynch at Extreme Rules. No, look. Or, I'm not extre- saying- was it Extreme Rules that that happened? At? Yeah, it did. Because that's when the match happened. Carry I'm on, not- sorry. I'm not saying that you've been against that. What I'm okay. saying is that I do not dis- I do not need yeah, yeah, to see yeah, well, I get it. I, neither happen. do I. I neither do I. But I'm just saying, but I'm also not going to go ahead and sit here and be like, oh, Baron Corbin hit end of days on Becky Lynch. How dare he? No. I've told you this on, on when, when it happened. I was. I love the fact that Becky Lynch took an end of days from Baron Corbin. And by the way, if anybody was going to get revenge on anything, just have Seth Rollins do it. Or, I don't know, just have The Rock and Baron Corbin fight each other. Oh, but we can't make Becky look weak and have her be off to the side and off the main thing of the show. She opened the show. She cut a promo. She was in the segment. Corbin came out, talked a bunch of trash. The Rock came out, talked a bunch of trash. You could have had he the put Rock. Over Becky. He put over Becky massively, by the way. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. No, I know. I'm just... I don't yeah. need to see my greases mixed. No, I get you. I feel that. So, that segment didn't work for me. I'm sure people loved it because The Rock was involved. I loved it. I get it. it. I loved it, but not because just The Rock was involved. But well, yeah. remember, I also hate the, I also hate hate the, the Becky, Becky Lynch, Lynch character. character. Yes. The man I, character. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait till she loses the belt and Which goes on like a six-month losing streak. That would be fantastic. Perhaps she'll be humbled by that. Perhaps. Now, 
The other thing is, you could have had, okay, here's what I would have done. You could have had Corbin open the show. Yes, Corbin opened the show. I know, that's ballsy. Could have had Corbin open the show, talk a bunch of trash, The Rock comes out, beats the hell out of him, and then you do the tag match. Because Becky Lynch is coming out early in the show anyway, instead of, well, Becky Lynch opened the show, and oh yeah, we're just going to have a tag match after that whole spiel. It just felt like, well, it's the next part of the show, let's go on. Because that's what opened the show, wrestling-wise. Right. Sorry. I, I, Charlotte and Becky Lynch against uh, Bailey and Sasha. That's what opened the show. It was a good match. wasn't as good as their Madison Square Garden match from two weeks back, but it was a pretty solid match. Fair enough. You you look like you about you, you want to say something. No, it's just I, so I'm uh, Randy Orton versus Mustafa Ali just ended. Excuse me, Ali. Randy Orton and Ali just ended. Randy Orton went over. Not a um, surprise. Which is perfectly fine. But what was crazy was the counter that Ali used to get out of the RKO. Randy goes for an RKO. Ali is going down and then puts his hands on the mat and does a handstand to get out of the RKO. And then comes down and then rolls up Randy and Randy mm. kicks out at like two and a half. There but you go. the counter of that, ladies and gentlemen, I have said this before. I will say it again. I was so wrong about Ali. I was wrong. The man is amazing. All right. Ali is great. So Ali can go. Total side note because full disclosure, there was a party to celebrate your birth yesterday. <laughs> this is true. Okay. I got to meet some people that you have talked about and that are followers of the show or that have been friends of yours for a long time. Right. I met your friend Trevor, Mm -hmm. who you have talked about like for a year, and I finally met him, even though now he's moving. Shout out to Trevor. It was good to meet you. And I met your uh, your friend Usiel. Usi's the man. Which, uh, yeah, we bonded. I know you did. Actually, actually, uh, pretty much bonded with a lot of people that were there last night. So shout out to uh, Trevor and Usiel. For uh, for finally uh, meeting the uh, the man that gives Jorge uh, headaches all the time. That's me. So and they still don't believe. It's like yeah, y'all are dicks, man. I yeah, was- <laughs> y'all don't believe me at the fact that I went ahead and met every almost everybody from WWE that one time in 2016. It's like you guys, I think you guys no, think I'm making this stuff up. It's okay. I think you just blow it way out of proportion. You being a uh, valet at a hotel or whatever. I was a, of, uh, you, I was a uh, front whatever. desk supervisor. Concierge, is that what you were? Okay. Regardless, it's okay. We know you've met people. I just don't think you're on a first-name basis. That's all. Especially when you called somebody Mr. Amore. That's all I have to say. He deserved it. Just call him Enzo. Or, or, or what's, the, Enzo. Uh, what's the... What's Eric the, Arndt. Lordy. Claims I believe Trevor and UCL are on my side with this. There was, there was a point to this. We thought SmackDown was very... Eh. It was it it, it it was it was another just SmackDown. Like yes, there were and by the way, there were some very interesting pieces of things that happened on this show. You think? But I will tell you, until the main event, not a lot of things of note happened. Yes, not a lot happened. No, that's true. I mean, okay, Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman, kind of a big deal. Never thought I wanted to see Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman in a wrestling match. I, mean, I actually kind of yeah, do. I kind of do. Let me be honest with you. Is Tyson Fury bigger than Braun Strowman? From a height- Height-wise, yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is, isn't he? He is. But now Braun Strowman's clearly, he's 370 maybe, and then Tyson Fury is a is the 
is one of the three world heavyweight champions in boxing. So he's got a he's got a weight limit. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say Tyson Fury's like pushing 250, and he's like six nine. Uh, let's see. He's here. a legitimate heavyweight. For the record, I am typing in Tyson Fury on Wikipedia. If it's inaccurate, please don't shoot me. I'm literally doing this on the fly. Right. This says he is 6'9", 257. That's about on par of what to what, what I said. I'm wondering, does, it, does he? I'm curious if he fights at 257. That I don't know. Probably. Probably somewhere around there. Yeah, so anywhere between 249 to 257. Makes all the sense of the world. Braun Strowman is listed at 6'8", 386. Jeez. Which I wonder if he's uh, slimmed down a little bit from uh, when this is. Uh, so so maybe he's closer to 370. He's probably closer to three. I think he actually talked about it in an interview. He's closer to 370 now. He, like when he first debuted with WWE, he was on the 395 mark. I was like, damn, it's a big human. Um, I'm very excited to see their confrontation. On, excuse me, their confrontation on Monday Night Raw. I think mm-hmm. it should be very exciting. It'll be really weird. They had a nice little boxing photo moment. Yeah, that was, that, too, that was when, funny. When Braun put up his Dukes yeah. and Tyson Fury stood up with his weird white jacket that looked like he had like paint all over it. I know, right? It literally looked like he went and painted a house, didn't change his clothes. <laughs> so basically, he painted a house in a suit jacket, came to, <laughs> came to SmackDown and was like, let's go. That's what it looked like. So that was kind of a cool moment. So I believe that's going to happen at the Saudi Arabia show. More than likely. They're supposed to have a confrontation on Monday Night Raw this week. Right. Which apparently Tyson Fury could cut an awesome promo. So I'm looking forward to what they're going to do with that if that's more than a one-match thing because the other big thing that happened after the main event, that Huge. guy has to get surgery. He so did it have, may be a one-off temporarily, a and they may have to wait to do another match. We'll get to it. Yeah. So Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman, I'm looking forward to it. And then pretty much the only... <laughs> I have to say this yeah. because it's the truth for me. That's fine. There's only one thing of consequence that happened on that show. I'd like to clarify something before. You know what? I'll let you say it, right. and then I'd like to go ahead and give you my thoughts. Because I feel like you you think that my thoughts are like, I can't believe he lost. All right. Everyone is upset with how the main event went so short. Everyone is upset that Kofi Kingston is no longer the WWE champion. I'm not upset that he's not I'm not okay. okay. I'm not when, everyone. Go when ahead. they started that, or when when they came out for the match, mm-hmm. they had ten minutes to go. Ten minutes. Yeah. Now, could they have given this more time and cut something else? Yes. Could they have made the thing that happened afterwards go shorter? Yes. However, in my opinion, you repped a match with little Kofi Kingston against. Rock Lesnar, to an audience who is supposed to believe that this is the sports show of WWE. If you have Kofi Kingston go hang in there with big bad Brock Lesnar, do you really think anybody's going to believe that? No, you're not. So Kofi Kingston jumped at Brock Lesnar, Brock caught him, hit him with one F5, and beat him. Right, it was very UFC-like. It was like one knockout blow, boom. So, the good thing that happened on the show mm-hmm. is that Kofi Kingston's no more, no longer the champion. But Ross and the New Day split can start. Okay, fine. You do realize that 
that I'm cheering for Brock Lesnar to be on a championship again? Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay, just fine. It's yes, fine. I am. I, and the funny thing is, I like Brock Lesnar more than you do. Yes. Which is weird. Here's the thing. I don't mind Kofi having lost the championship. Like it's cool. Hey, listen, he had a fan. Fr- he had a fantastic run. He was champion for 180 days, Ross. 180 days. That's longer than other people have been WWE champions, for sure. Shout out to Kofi Kingston because he lived out his dream. And guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought his title reign was a success. I really do. Would you like to know how many? How many more reputable people have held the championship for less days than Kofi Kingston has? I actually, uh, yeah, I'm going to take a shot at it. I, may I? May I take All a right, shot so, at it? So Kofi Kingston held the belt for 180 days. Right. Now, take in mind, you can uh-huh. count people. Now, remember, this is just the WWE title. Right. Not the World Heavyweight title or the, the Universal, Universal title. title. Yeah. The WWE title for people that have held the belt for less than 180 days, regardless if they've had one reign or seven. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, because I have the better memory of the two, I'm going to go ahead and take a couple of shots here. And I have the list in front of me, so I'll be able to verify it. Fair enough. Even though a couple of these I would have guessed. Yeah. Um, Roman Reigns as WWE champion, the entirety of his reign as WWE champion is still shorter than Kofi Kingston's run. That is correct. Because 118 days over, three reigns. Right. And people complain about Roman Reigns being on top for too long, yeah. and he's been the WWE champion three times for less than four months. Right, because his last reign, which was the reign that he um, lost his WWE title to Dean Ambrose, mm-hmm. um, was only like four months long. And mm-hmm. then his second reign was 30 days, and his first reign lasted for five minutes. Yes. So there you go. Um, another person, speaking of Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose's reign as WWE champion was also shorter than Kofi Kingston's. 84 days. Exactly. Um, I want to be really careful. I I think Daniel Bryan's cumulative run is longer than Kofi Kingston's, but even his last run as WWE champion before he lost Kofi Kingston was shorter than Kofi Kingston's title run. Daniel Bryan has held the title for a combined 210 days. So 210 days. So mind Mm. you, he was champion. He won the championship last November and then lost it in April. Correct. He was champion throughout that title run less than Kofi was. All right, so here are some other names of guys that have held the WWE title for less days than Kofi Kingston. Jinder Mahal. Yes. 170. The Miz, 160. Mm-hmm. Eddie Guerrero, 133. I don't think The Rock has ever had a title reign longer than two months. Uh, like, well, I know cumulative, it's longer than Kofi's, but his longest title reign may have been like a three-month title reign. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, Ric Flair. That's true. Uh, Alberto Del Rio. The Big Show. Bray Wyatt. Mankind. Batista. Now, that's unfair because he was mainly the world heavyweight champion. Correct. But um, Kane. Rob Van Dam. Rey Mysterio. My point is... That of that entire list of guys, and there are more, mm-hmm. an entire list of guys, other than maybe Jinder Mahal, I'd probably put him at the bottom of the list. It's fine. I wouldn't disagree with you. So I hate the argument that you have to put somebody on the big belt for six months in order to get a good gauge if they're world championship material. This run probably should have ended two months ago. 
That's my opinion. I, I'm a little bit surprised that it went as long as it did. Now, as soon as I realized that they were saving him losing the title for the first SmackDown on Fox, it made all the sense in the world for him to do that. Right. It's the same reason why New Day held the titles for 400 ungodly days or whatever it was, because they were beating Demolition's record. Now, I realize that they were in the middle of their you know big-time run during that time. I understand that, but they put them over like that because they were in the middle of a lawsuit. So I feel like they were like, well, we're going to we're going to have Kofi win the championship and he's going to hold it until this date. Mm. I can't call that a successful title run. I just can't, especially when I don't buy into it on day one. But again, you, yeah. I understand that people liked it. I don't need to see him as WWE champion ever again. The experiment happened. It is what it is. He can go back to being a solid contributor for WWE television. Or, as the McMahons would put it, a B-plus player. And now Brock Lesnar can have his feud with a bunch of different UFC guys, because apparently that's what they want to do, because we had a debut at the end of the show of Cain Velasquez coming out to Rey Mysterio's music, which was very odd. Rey Mysterio came out first, and then he brought out Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez, who has been wrestling under a mask in Mexico... And doing a really good job, by the way. And doing a pretty good job. I mean, by all accounts, uh, the WWE liked what they saw. Um, obviously, they said that if you're going to wrestle with us, you're going to wrestle without a mask because you are going to be Cain Velasquez. All whereas... Elite Wrestling also didn't want him to wear a mask. He only wore a mask in Mexico because they Impact let him. That too. And oh, also, sorry, Triple A. Excuse and, me, and also, I believe Cain Velasquez wanted to wrestle in a mask because he didn't want to be... You know, Cain Velasquez, the MMA guy, he wanted to be treated more as a wrestler instead of, oh, it's a UFC guy that wants to be in right, wrestling. Right, right, right. He, that, that's his heritage, for those of you who don't Correct. know. Cain Velasquez is Mexican-American from L.A., and he's that's, that's his thing. Yes. So we are getting Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar probably in Saudi. More than likely. Now, what I prefaced this whole thing with was that Cain Velasquez does need to have surgery. Yes, he was wearing an a, a, a knee brace. So, I am under the impression they are going to do this match, and then they're going to do another match later. So, he here's the other thing. Cain Velasquez is not 100% signed with WWE. Cain Velasquez also true. is under advanced negotiations, which means that they're probably tr- trying to work out kinks and details in his contract. But it's not 100% signed yet. Right. That's, a, that's another caveat to throw in there for a moment, which is very interesting, the fact that he actually appeared on SmackDown. So, who had the best debut this week? Or return? I still think, uh, I still think uh, Ciampa's was the best, personally. Because of everything that's going on within the landscape of professional wrestling, there was not a bigger return than Tommaso Ciampa in NXT. It's mm-hmm. not even close. Because of what it means to him, because what it means to WWE NXT, because of what it means to the Wednesday night... I cannot believe I keep calling it the Wednesday night wars, but it's the truth. What it means to the Wednesday night wars. Basically, AEW has Pac, Omega, The Young Bucks, Cody, Jericho. AEW, excuse me, NXT is fighting with Cole, Gargano, Riddle, Dream, Ciampa's back, right. Roddy, and now they have Balor. 
if you ask me, that's a hell of a lineup to go ahead and place on the front lines against All Elite Wrestling. I will tell you this. I thought Cain Velasquez's debut was eh. I will tell you, you know what made the segment? I'm actually going to give credit where credit's due. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman made that segment work. I also think that Corey Graves and Michael Cole digging deep into the UFC archive and talking about the fact that Brock Lesnar has never beaten Cain Velasquez was also with their on top. Their facial expressions it's of, like if they've seen a ghost. of, oh my gosh, it's Cain Velasquez coming to beat me up again. Oh my gosh, I'm his advocate. I feel like he's going to beat up both of us. This is why Paul Heyman is one of the greatest treasures in wrestling right now and why Brock Lesnar, when given the opportunity, can work his magic in stuff that he's motivated to be in, which clearly he's motivated to do this. It's the whole thing I say, remember, and I know it's two separate things. When Randy Orton's motivated, he is one of the best people in wrestling yeah he's enjoyable to watch he gets involved with his promos you can see it in the matches when randy orton's not invested it is sluggish it is boring and it's just going through the motions wasting everybody's time it's true that's brock lesnar too when brock lesnar's motivated to do something it's actually pretty engaging seth when, rollins daniel bryan bray uh bray aj styles aj styles but when brock lesnar's not interested it's Boring Brock Lesnar, and the only thing I actually want to see is Paul Heyman cut a good promo or announce him because he's Paul Heyman. Yeah, him and Braun Strowman is the perfect example. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, I know. And I really think they should try that match again. They should. They should, but they won't. Um, I have to go ahead and let you know this. Okay. Um, We just had the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match between the Kabuki Warriors and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Yes. I would like to let you know. That Roswell, we have brand new WWE tag team. That doesn't women's, surprise it, it, me. Yeah, excuse me. I almost pulled the Sasha Banks. WWE women's tag team champions. Uh, well, what does that tell you? That tells you Alexa Bliss is switching brands. Probably. Um, I do want to let you know. I realize they're on both shows. Yeah. Oscar uh, and, and uh, Kyrie Sane did not win clean. That doesn't surprise me either. They... Um, she pulled a Tajiri. Mist? Yeah. Green Nikki, mist? Green mist right to, to to Nikki Cross's eyes. Actually, I'm actually I'm I'm a little disappointed it wasn't pink. Because they're shirts. That's true. Just saying. Yeah. Uh wait, Asuka did that or Kyrie Asuka Sane did, did that? Asuka. Asuka is now the new Tajiri. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know either. It's, uh, Unless somehow her new nickname is the Japanese Buzzsaw. That would be hilarious and awesome. It would be. So I just want to let you know. So for those of you who were wanting to cur- were curious about that, Asuka and Kyrie saying the Kabuki Warriors are finally WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. So back to SmackDown. Um, yes, you were saying that Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman made that segment. I will agree with you. I also appreciated the commentary of Corey Graves and Michael Cole in that particular moment. I thought it was very well done. Overall... This presentation. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna get this out of the way now because I know we're getting we're getting into our uh, into our runtime here. Let me ask you a question because I actually have the answer to this to my, for myself. If you were to ask my, if you Ross were to ask me whether or not SmackDown on Fox was a success on Friday, what would you say? 
you'd probably say it was. I'm going to tell you here that it was a resounding yes for a multitude of reasons. Because for the first time in what feels like an eternity, SmackDown, I didn't need SmackDown to become to be bigger than Raw. I needed it to be on an equal playing field. And you could tell and you could see Fox was putting it all out there saying, hey, we're going beyond all out on this. We paid a billion dollars for the rights to SmackDown for a reason. True. And, you could, and you could see it. You could see it in the presentation. You could see it in the, oh my God, the camera angles were phenomenal. And I know it's WWE. Of course they always have great camera work. It was different. It felt different. SmackDown on Friday felt different to me, Ross. It felt like it was on the network that presents professional sports for a, for a living. I will tell you, without a shadow of a doubt, AEW is here to stay. With you, they 150%. Are. Now, I understand that you thought NXT was a better show. And I and I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. And it was a good show. In fact, if you're telling me what the best WWE show of the week was, it was, it was NXT. NXT. It was NXT. Yeah. And here's the thing. I, I, I'm here to tell you. I thought NXT was the best show of the week. AEW was not. The, the, I have to clarify this for those of you who think that I'm being an uh, NXT homer and a WWE homer. I'm not. I'm here to tell you Dynamite was right there. Right there. And guess what? In the ratings, they smoked NXT this week. Which was, of course, to be expected. Plus, also because you've got people watching AEW Dynamite live and people taping NXT. Exactly, because everybody was saying, "What would you rather see live tonight?" Everybody was, of course, going to watch Dynamite. I it's just, a brand new show. I just love the fact that you made Jericho look like an absolute bigger of a superstar than he's ever been. I know, right? You had, and I'm watching the. Uh, by the way, I completely forgot about the fact that. Uh, Gold Dust, or I should say Dustin Rhodes. It's true. He came showed out up. As well. Oh, so there's a match next week. It's Rhodes. It's the Rhodes brothers. Okay. They're facing off again. It, it's probably they... Hager and somebody. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. Give me one second. My point is that Jack Swagger was very forgettable in WWE. After one night in the AEW promotion, He's like this big giant dude that people care about. I know, right? One appearance. One. <laughs> oh, and by hey, look, people went into the Cody versus Dustin match and were like, oh, it's just, you know, n- nobody knew what they were going to expect. And we got the match that they should have done in WWE. Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes had the best match on that show. Amazing what happens on one show on AEW. So basically a guy with a new coat of paint. It's amazing what happens when when you when you do that. It's awesome. I actually now care about Jack Swagger again, Jake Hager. I care about him again. Plus, we got the Moxley stuff. That show was awesome. It was a great show. Are you looking it up still? Yeah. I think it's I think it's Cody and Dustin versus maybe it's LAX. Uh, well, you mean Santana and Ortiz. Yes. So let's see here. AEW Dynamite for 10-9-19. Tag team match announced for this week. It is not the match I was looking for. I believe Jericho and Guevara are going to be in a tag team match against, strangely, Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page. 
Oh, was that maybe that's the one that I was looking at? Uh, they are also doing uh, so. Okay, Moxley and Spears are wrestling. Uh, Young Bucks and Private Party because that's the tournament, right? right? Uh, it is Adam Page and Dustin Rhodes versus Jericho and Sammy Guevara. That is the tag team match that is announced at the, and I apologize if I mispronounce this, the Aganis Arena in Boston, Massachusetts. So, smaller venues. What did we say about smaller venues in AEW? Don't try and get the garden. Do a smaller event. You'll sell it out. And then once you grow the show six months a year, then you will have... You will have buildings begging you to come to their buildings after a while. And by the way, that's not to say that they they sold out the Verizon Center. True. Again, yeah. first first show though. Yeah, first show. But still. But that's but that's not every event you need to do that for. That's true. The Aganis Arena seats seventy two hundred. They will easily sell that out. No problem. Well, sell out whatever's available. Sometimes they block off areas, and it may be 7,000 or 6,000. They will sell it out. Uh, that is on the campus of Boston University, by the way. That makes in sense. In case you were wondering. Yeah. By the way, I'm, it, you know what's interesting? So they have shows booked all the way up until December. They haven't, they're not hitting the West Coast yet. That's, I, I feel that. That does not surprise me, actually. Yeah? Does not. Okay. Because if you look at wrestling as a whole. It's more of it's an East Coast It's slowly Midwest. but surely gotten out West. Yeah. But. Other than, I mean, are we really considering L.A. a big wrestling hub? I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't know. I mean, did you watch SmackDown on Friday? I understand that they've done one show and they've done SummerSlams out there, but when I think biggest shows and crowds like that, I don't see the West being as big on it as the East. There's more history. Okay, history, sure, but Mm -hmm. I'm just saying they come out to Phoenix, they get a hot crowd. They go to L.A., they always get a hot crowd. San Diego gives them hot crowds. San Francisco gave them hot crowds, you know? All I'm saying is that if you're you're a new company. By the way, I know that's all California and Arizona. I didn't even – but, okay, fine. And I know that this is is his – it's his backyard. But any time that WWE has gone in Seattle – Well, as long as Daniel Bryan's on the show. Daniel Bryan's not on the show. I don't know if it's a hot crowd. Let's I feel fair. like they've they've been to to, walk, to Seattle on other occasions without Daniel Bryan being there, and okay. it's always been a hot crowd. Personally, and by the way, they still may. Impact didn't come out to the West Coast for a long time. Sure, I, didn't. I understand it's apples and oranges. Yeah, I am not comparing TNA Impact to AEW. My point is that a lot of these companies they stay in certain regions. WCW didn't leave the Southeast for years. True. And then they finally went up north and they realized... WWF didn't leave the northeast for a long time. I'm just saying, yeah, it I'm takes time. It does. It does. You watch. Sure. You watch. Maybe this time next year, AEW has a show in Phoenix. Or in LA, more than likely. But yeah. Oh, maybe, I'd love for them to be Maybe here. it'll be at... Uh, actually, what... Uh, they probably would go ahead and hold it at the um, at the Wells Fargo Arena in Glendale. It's possible. Because it seats less people than the talking stick does. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't want to like end the show, but we do kind of, we're pretty much at that point. What I will say is that this has kind of been an open forum. We've had a nice little discussion back and forth about the insane week that just happened. Uh, We, we've been, we've been doing, or I should say the J-Man has been doing kind of live commentary on what's been going on in the pay-per-view. I know I will be watching it tonight because we are reviewing the show on Tuesday. So we'll have a full review of the Hell in a Cell 2019 on a Tuesday. We will also talk Monday Night Raw on Tuesday as well. That'll be the uh, show after the pay-per-view, of course. Mm-hmm. And then 
to end our show next week, we will talk draft. Oh man, I'm looking forward to that. So let's end it. Let's end this open forum discussion on this question here, Roswell. Okay. Sure. We talked about this week being the biggest pro, biggest week in professional wrestling history. Did One it, of yes. Well, to me, it's it, to me it was the biggest week ever. There's uh, by the way, I I just saw the picture of Oscar with green stuff all over her body. It's it's very weird. Yeah. Go on. Um, it looks like she was just on an episode on Nickelodeon. Go ahead. I know she got all the slime on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did it live up to the hype? Seeing AEW for the first time on TNT. TNT has not had wrestling on their program since 2001. Um, that was very cool to see. Yeah. Um, I thought Monday Night Raw was raw with a new coat of paint. Yep. A new stage, new announced team. By the way, we didn't even mention this. The two stages for both Raw and SmackDown, fire. Yeah, I mentioned, well. We Raw's, mentioned Raw. Raw's, SmackDown's Raw, was pretty cool, too. Raw's looked like a half pipe. Yeah. And SmackDown's looked like, okay, this is going to be a very old reference. Do you remember the old Backlash set where it had the swinging arms? Yeah, I do remember that. I they did that they like weren't swinging 07. arms, yeah. but it kind of had that feel of that. That's that's what that looked yeah. like. Plus, SmackDown has a new logo and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought Raw had a new coat of paint. NXT on USA is going to be a success. Now they have two hours. Now they have more to do. Mm-hmm. They have more talent coming to their show. Third brand. That looked incredible. Right. And to me, I thought SmackDown was lacking something. Mm-hmm. I think they have a nice start to something. Mm-hmm. But there are things about it where I'm like, they probably could have done more of... Now, I understand that we have a draft next week. Again, they're shoehorning all this stuff in around these like three weeks. Right. It's annoying. They could have waited to do the draft, but they're doing it now, which is why I really hope they don't half-ass it. Mm-hmm. I really hope they just decide, hey, we're doing three separate shows. Right. That would be great. I don't have any faith in that, but I, that would be great. So, to me, seeing NXT and AEW was awesome. That competition's there. And to me, Raw and SmackDown, until you decide how you're differing up the roster, I'm on a wait-and-see approach. That's fair. That's fair. That based, That being said, to me, this week... Because I don't know if you actually answered this or not. Because you said did it, it live up to the hype? No. Oh, okay. okay. No. Right. But remember also that when you have so high of expectations, you're only going to get let down. This is true. I'll be honest with you. I would have told you right now eight, that SmackDown on Fox would have been a resounding success. Without- SmackDown. What? What did I say? Oh, did I SmackDown? SmackDown. My bad. Do you have a smock over there? I have. You don't have the pink mouth. shirt though. I'm also been. I've also been awake since three thirty this morning. Give me a break. Uh, I know. Uh, but I, by the way, I woke up at 3.30 in the morning with people staying at my house until they actually That's always did. fun. Yeah. No, I was, again, I it was rad. I had a wonderful time. Thank you for being there, man. It genuinely makes me happy. So it lived up to the hype for you. It did. Okay. It was a resounding success for a multitude of reasons. Raw, it was lacking on some stuff. It was an okay show. It wasn't bad. It was an okay show, though. Um, NXT... Shame that it only got a 899,000 viewers because it should have had a lot more. But I get it because AEW was premiering Dynamite on TNT, which, by the way, nearly 2 million. Congratulations to All Elite Wrestling. Huge number. And by the way, WWE congratulated them the next day. Shout out to them. And then Jericho decided to be a little punk about it and go ahead and say they're being like that because they got their ass kicked. It's like, shut up. 
Just let them congratulate you and move on, Jericho. And then so much hate. I'm not mad. It's just hate from him. And then WWE. Competition. That's that's fine. And then SmackDown being on Fox, mm-hmm. a resounding success. The fact that they got 3.9 million viewers on on Fox. I'll tell you this right now. They were going to get a high number without The Rock. They were going to get a high number without The Rock. Probably. The Rock being there definitely helped. Sure as hell helped. It sure as hell raised the prices of the Staples Center on Friday. Not the, not saying that it wasn't sold out, because I guarantee you Staples Center was sold out for weeks for SmackDown. Why? Because it was the sh- first show on Fox. It was the season premiere. Did The Rock help being there? Did The Rock being there help? Yes. Would it still have been a solid show without him? Yes. Did this overall... Was it was did I love it? It was it was the best week in pro wrestling history. Tommaso Ciampa came back after seven months from a neck injury. Just that right there makes you want to have tears come down your face. That's gonna do it for this week's show. Again, as I said uh before, it's the double turn podcast on Instagram, one and only JMan19. Ross the Real Boss 85, Boss Ross TDT on Twitter. We hope you guys enjoyed this open forum. Uh, again, this this first show, we're doing a Hell in a Cell 2019 review show. We'll be talking about Raw, and we'll be previewing the draft. We may even do a few predictions yeah. on that show as well. So that'll be Tuesday's show. And then the following week, we will actually have a full complement of shows, which will be NXT and AEW Dynamite and SmackDown, and I'm even throwing an Impact, and then Raw. So we'll actually have our full complement of what our normal weeks are going to be. And 205 Live should be back. Yes, because 205 Live apparently I missed, and then I found out it didn't air because they were doing SmackDown on Fox. Makes sense. Yeah. So so that is our next show. Again, this will be up uh, probably either either tonight or in the morning. Probably in the morning. Probably in the morning. Okay. Yeah. So... That has been your show of the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast for the J-Man. I'm Boss Ross, and we will catch you on the flip side. Pro Wrestling is back.